You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing on this Super Bowl Sunday? All right, listen, who are my Eagles people out here? Wow. So zealous with such expectancy for a win today. Okay, let's try this. Where are my Kansas City people at in here? Wow. Okay, we got some work to do. All right. Who are my commercial people in here? There we go. There we go. Well, you know, it's, to me, it's all about the food, really, right? It's all about the food, and so I'm just ready to eat some snacks that Wendy normally won't cook for me. So I'm excited about that. Speaking of Wendy, uh, Wendy, would you join me on stage just for a second real quick? Come on up, come on up, come on up. Come on up. This is a birthday girl today. Yep, yep, she's 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I just wanted to bring it in front of everybody. Um, we've always said that um, honor is an honor unless it's given publicly. And so the first thing I want to do is tell you how much you mean to me, not just as a pastor, as a husband, as uh, a father, but what you mean to me as a leader of a church, like what you do every single week. Uh, makes it possible for us to love the people of Crestview and the surrounding areas in such a very real way. And I just want to honor you today uh, in front of everybody. First, tell you I love you, tell you that I celebrate you, and more than anything else, um, I could not and I would not do this without you. And I love you. Thank you for everything you do. And um, somewhere there's something coming for you. And... This is from the whole church, just to say we love you and happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank, you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah. Fellas, that's how you score points, by the way. You see, if I had given her the, the flowers at the house this morning, I'd have got a point for every person that was in my house. But now I get a point for every person in a chair. So that works, right? All right. Well, uh, Wendy, honestly, I love you, sweetheart. Thank you so much for everything you do, and happy birthday, princess. I love you. Um, Listen, uh, we're going to talk about something today that I believe is going to challenge us, I believe is going to sharpen us, but my prayer is that you leave here equipped to settle some things in your family. Uh, How many know family drama is real drama? How many know family hurt is real hurt? Today, I want to talk about love defined as it pertains to our families. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7 says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Last week, we talked just for a few moments about how most of the time when we hear uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's dealing with romantic love. 
But the truth is, is if we only teach it with romantic love, we are not incorrect, but we are vastly incomplete. Love is an all-encompassing emotion that can span a myriad of relationships. One of those relationships is friendship, which we talked about last week. Another type of that love is amongst family. And we're gonna talk about this today. Um, We also covered last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse one, that says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. We we talked about how uh, you can have all of the spiritual gifts in the world, but if you don't, lead with love, your gifts can be rendered irrelevant. People need to know that you care. And so today we're just gonna dig into this. Um, Toxic family identifiers. I put together a list of ways that you can identify if you have someone in your family who is toxic. We're gonna dig into that, but let me start first by saying this. The fact that someone shares your DNA does not entitle them to abuse you. The fact that someone happened to donate their DNA to create you does not give them a pass to treat you carelessly. I want you to understand this because all too often when I'm meeting with people one-on-one in counseling sessions, they come in and they, they begin to describe a relationship that is completely toxic. And I say, why do you tolerate that? Well, that's just the way dad's always been. Well, that's the way mom's always been. That's the way uncle so-and-so's always been. That's the way my sister's always been. So my brother, that's the way my children have always treated me. Can I tell you something that you train people on how to treat you? Oh, I'm just come off the stage too early. I don't want to do that. You train people how to treat you. What you tolerate, you train. What you don't, Condemn, you condone. And you are training people how to treat you with what you allow them to get away with. Now, let me say this. We're gonna talk about how we respond and how we deal with things and how we can maneuver through toxic relationships in just a few minutes. But the, the, the characteristics I'm about to share with you to identify toxic family members is not that somebody had a bad day. We're all capable of just being off our game, right? But this is when people are consistently drawing from you emotionally and causing hurt and pain. And so uh, let me just jump into this. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29 says this, that he who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. Let me explain that to you. If you are constantly troublesome to your family, they will stop coming around. They will begin to create space. And when that's not enough, they will stop calling as well. And when that's not enough, you won't receive updates on your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, uncles. You will just be completely annexed over time. And so today, as we go through these characteristics, I wanna challenge you, don't just try to identify them in others. Let's try to identify them in ourselves too so we can self-correct, amen. Let's jump right into this. For sake of time, I'm gonna move fast today. Number one, toxic family identifier. Number one, they're abusive. Right off the bat, right off the bat, I wanna say this. If someone is physically, 
sexually, mentally, psychologically abusive, that is not okay. There is nothing in the scripture that validates somebody's ability to hurt you. If they break the law, let the law handle it. I see all too often people letting uh, uh, criminals get away with criminal acts just because you share a last name and it's wrong. It's wrong. I will tell you this, if someone has hurt you and it has broken a law, you need to take that to the law. You need to let the justice system have its way to teach. If, if, if we in ourselves could teach people to stop acting the way they're acting, can I be honest with you, we wouldn't have the issues we have, but sometimes it takes a little more stern response. And all too often, that is our legal system. Can I tell you this? It's one thing to give somebody a pass once, but when you continually over and over and over give somebody a pass, now you've gone past the point of a victim and you've become an enabler. It's not okay. Number two, toxic family identifier. You feel depressed or anxious around them or when you are preparing to be around them. Do you have anybody in your life like this? That when you're going to their house, when the holidays are getting close, you start getting this sick feeling in your stomach. Can I tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to submit yourself to that. This can include feelings uh, across a range of expectancy, uh, from depression, anxiety, low self-worth, to the feeling as simple as like you have to walk on eggshells around someone. Have you ever felt that? Like you can't be your full self around someone without being penalized. This is toxicity. Number three, these family members are always criticizing or blaming you while never holding themselves accountable. This can be ugly. I've dealt with this in extended family before where they just constantly beat and hammer your mistakes. And here's what's interesting. Is have we all failed, yes or no? Yes Yes or no? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the truth. Once we are in Christ Jesus, God no longer holds our sins against us. So with that being said, why should people who are supposed to love us do that? Well, I know you go to church now, but you, listen, the way you used to so-and-so-and-so-so, it's only a matter of time for you X, Y, and Z again. Can I tell you it's not okay? It's toxic and you need to get away from that. Number four, toxic family characteristic number four is they're manipulative. They may gaslight you guilt trip you, or just in general try to be controlling. It's a manipulation. A manipulation is simply this. Uh, Them doing everything but having open and upfront conversation to get their way. You see, I have no trouble with somebody who'll come right up to me and say, hey, I would rather do this than what we're doing. That doesn't bother me. It's when they will manipulate all of the circumstances around to get their way without ever having an upfront conversation. That's manipulation. We can't be around people like that either. You need to be around people who will speak the truth and have upfront conversations. Number five, their punishment is unwarrantedly harsh. Discipline is necessary when raising children, yes or no? 
It is hard sometimes in our society to get people to understand the difference between correction and abuse. And I will submit to you, it's easier to determine than one might think. The way you determine whether it's correction or abuse is the intent and the heart and the demeanor of the one carrying out the correction. Let me just, I don't claim to be a perfect parent, but I do claim to have figured one part of parenting out. It's correction. I never correct in anger. I never correct when I'm frustrated. I will always give myself and my child time to cool off. And it looks something like this. Go to my room. I'll be there in a minute. And they go, they get a few minutes. And can I tell you, sometimes just that anxiety of wondering what's going to happen is enough to correct the situation, (laughs) right? But then I come in and I've had a moment to think. I've had a moment maybe to grab a scripture. I've had a moment to bring in wisdom instead of frustration. And I sit down next to my child and I don't just correct out of frustration. I correct out of my desire to create a better adult. Have you ever wondered why you were being punished? Can I tell you, when I, when I was a kid, there were times I would be corrected and I would wonder if I was being corrected because I was wrong or my father was mad. Can I tell you something? If you do it the right way, your kids won't have to wonder that. You can have correction without that high emotion and frustration and anger. And I challenge you as parents, I challenge you as grandparents, I challenge you as aunts and uncles to always let peace rule and reign in your hearts and lives, even in times of correction. You see, if we do correction correctly, it will have a better outcome. And our children will never have to wonder, were we just mad at them or did we truly want to make them better? But it deals with our heart as much as it does their heart. If you're dealing with a toxic family member, punishment doesn't always fit the crime. And I've seen this before. I had a grandfather who was, I mean, for small things, we'd be wrestling in the floor one minute and the next thing you know, getting hit with a boat oar. You know, just... Crazy stuff, it didn't match. Ugliness. And then I, my, my grandmother would cover for it. She would say, well, well you boys were, shouldn't have been doing that. Well, a warning would have been great. Which leads me to point number six, and this is particularly ugly. The household that you go to or the family member that you encounter can be unpredictable. Do you have people in your family that can be smiling one minute and throwing blows the next? They just, I mean, like a hairpin trigger, just fly off the handle. I've got people in my family that way. I've, I've seen better fights at Thanksgiving than I've ever seen on television. That's a true story. And you know what? It's sad, but it's true. And a lot of times, a great passion between family members, if not handled correctly, can ignite great anger. 
and um, and it's just wrong. And Wendy and I, when we when we first got married, I said, I don't want that for our house. I don't want my children ever seeing unpredictability in people that claim to love them. I want them to seeing that being an adult and calling yourself a Christian truly means walking in the fruit of the Spirit, one of which is self-control. Frank, can I tell you this? If you struggle with self-control, the Holy Spirit can help you. Man, I used to be an anger monger. Boy, I was, and when you're 6'4", 300 pounds, that's not a great combination, right? But can I tell you, God's faithful. And that when you ask for his help, he is so able to gently correct. So if you struggle with losing your cool or, or maybe being unpredictable in your responses, can I tell you, pray, God will help you through that. The second thing I'll tell you, if you deal with a family member that's like that, you have to create some space. And you have to watch for identifiers. There's certain family members in, 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 in my life, if I, I can look across the room, everybody else having a good time. If that one person starts gritting their teeth, me and mine are leaving because I know what's coming. It's going to be some furniture moving, right? So we know if you're around people who are unpredictable, unpredictability is scary. Not knowing what's going to happen next, that's not the way we want to raise our families. That's certainly not the way we want ourselves cared for. So be careful. Toxicity can show itself through unpredictability. Number seven, toxic characteristic number seven is they're dismissive of your needs. Every time you come with a heartfelt conversation, it's, well, you know, what do we need this time? You've ever had that? Oh boy, here's another conversation from so-and-so, you know. Oh, Susie needs us all to stop what we're doing again. Turn the TV off time for another heart-to-heart conversation. You know, this comes in a myriad of ways. But can I tell you this? Our homes with our families should be spaces in which we can be vulnerable and express our needs and our desires. But all too often we have fallen into a pattern, maybe the way dad did it or grandfather did it or, or grandma did it or my uncle did it, whoever raised me, X, Y, or Z, they did it this way, so now I did it this way. Can I tell you, that's a cop-out. In the same way that you are not bound to your history spiritually, you are not bound to your history physically. You can change. And people who say they can't, that is a lie. And it's a cop-out. Maybe they're afraid to change. Let them answer that way. But to say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that's just a lie. That's just a cop-out. You know, another thing I find in, in families where they're dismissive of your needs is that generally one or two people's needs are always met at a vastly incomparable level than other people. You'll have one or two people in that family that everything revolves around that person. And they'll get their needs met every time. But then they'll be dismissive to the needs of everyone else. It's unhealthy and it's toxic. Number eight, there's an unhealthy sense of comparison and competition. Now, my brother is uh, 20 months older than me. We had healthy competition. It was fun. You know, I'm not talking about who can, you know, win a game of horse on the basketball court here. I'm talking about when a parent will be correcting a child and say, why can't you be more like your brother slash sister? This is hurtful. Not to mention it's not 
biblical or even theologically sound. It's ugly. You see, if we believe the scripture, then we believe that every person is fearfully and wonderfully made, yes or no? So why on earth would I ever expect Gabriel to do what Maddie does? Why would I ever expect Maddie to do what Gabriel does? I wouldn't expect Nora to do anything either one of them do. (laughs) I say all that, but man, that's painful when somebody says, you're not meeting the criteria that I've placed on you. And that criteria is that you live up to someone else. Man, it's ugly and it's painful to find out that they have a measure of expectation and you're not it. Let's not do that and let's not submit ourselves to it. Number nine, lastly, toxic characteristic number nine, they're controlling. General theme of controlling behavior, usually on the part of a parent. Um, I see this a lot when I'm doing premarital counseling and early marital counseling. Um, Parents, we have to know when our advice is valued and when it's not. We have to understand that when our children get married, they have their house now. And if they invite us there, we are a guest. Now, mind you, Up until the point of marriage, the Bible says they are still cleaving to you. But the minute marriage happens, it says they have left your house and created their house. This is probably the number one issue I deal with in young couples. And it's usually, I ain't gonna lie, it's usually in mamas. How many of y'all had trouble with your mother-in-law? Don't raise your hands. (laughs) They might be in the room. I don't need... Don't need those emails this week. Can I tell you something? As the father of two girls, no boy's ever going to be good enough for them. But I pray for those young men every day, and I'm going to learn to love them when God sends them. But right now, my mind, they're never going to reach that level of perfection that I feel like my daughters are worthy of. Now, mamas, do we feel that about our boys too? Somebody said, woo. You know who should be saying woo? The daughter-in-laws. Y'all can be savage to these poor girls. We say it all jokingly, but can I tell you, I counsel these young ladies sitting across from their husband saying, I didn't know it was going to be this way. I thought when we got married, it would be our house, not your mama's house. And it's all fun and games until all of a sudden your wife has been measured in such a way that she will never be successful. And now she's fighting from a place of insecurity and insufficiency based on your mama's measuring stick. Can I tell you, men, you got to get that out of your house. And it's on you to deal with your crazy family. Ooh. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Here's the rule. If it's your people, it's your problem. Don't ask somebody to jump over the wedding ring to fight. 
It's not fair. You will receive grace from your people that your spouse will not ever receive. They'll forgive you for a hard conversation, but they'll never forget if your husband said it. When you are dealing with these comparisons and these, this, 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 just the ugliness that sometimes family can bring, it's imperative that we fight fair. Some of the wisest words I've ever heard, uh, Pastor Willie George at Church on the Move, we sat under him for five years in Tulsa. He said, from the time a child is born until they reach the age of 12, it's the time you spend with them that says, I love you. From the time of 13 until 21, the money you spend on them says, I love you. From 22 until the time the Lord calls you home, it's the advice you give them that says, I love you. The biggest problem we see is in families when somebody transitions in that young 20s to being that mid-20 age and parents don't know when to go from being a helicopter mom to being an advisor. You see, advisors don't open their mouth until somebody asks for advice. You've got to be careful. You can have all the wisdom in the world. You put it out there the wrong way, it will not be received and it will be rejected. Why am I sharing these things with you? First, to let you know you're not alone. I have not said a thing yet that every person in here has not dealt with. We all struggle with family issues. But can I tell you this? I said it in the beginning. It's one thing for your family to have a day where they just miss it. How they handle that means a lot. If they come back and apologize and make it right, that's powerful if they never acknowledge their own failures and it's always your fault, that's ugly. To wrap up this toxic side of this conversation, I want to say this. Let's walk out a pattern where they can see something healthy. You see, the truth is God created us to be mimickers and what you behold, you become. And so many people have never beheld a healthy relationship so they don't know how to walk one out. You and I have got to be the representation that we desire in our life. Be the change you desire to see in your family, right? So how do we overcome toxic family issues? How do we overcome it? I'm gonna move fast. Galatians chapter six, verse one says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of, a spirit of what? A spirit of, ooh, I got you. A spirit of, let me tell you something. A spirit of, let me crank my neck around until you get what I'm trying to lay down. No. Nope. It says that those of you who are spiritual should go and bring restoration in a spirit of gentleness. And then it goes one further. It says, keep a watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. This is so powerful. Can I just, can I just give you one little nugget? Uh, what you hate, you'll become. What you hate will perpetuate. I know this. 
because there's things in my extended family that I hate. And the more I focus on my hate for those things, the more I am viewing those things and staying focused on those things and I'm hating those things. But the problem is, is the law of what I behold, I become is still in play even on negative things. So if I'm all the time looking at the failures of generations past, I've got to be very careful that I don't fall into the same temptation. That's what this verse is all about. So how do we overcome toxic family issues? Number one, set boundaries. Set boundaries. Place safe boundaries based on past actions. This could be something as as simple as leaving early, maybe going around these people as often, all the way to completely avoiding the toxicity altogether. Can I tell you this, though? Before you go that route, for us to be in line with Galatians 6, we have to do point number two. We have to voice our objections in love. Imagine if someone who claimed to love you, when you made a mistake, they just disappeared. And they never identified what it was you did. Can I tell you, it's a powerful thing to go sit down one-on-one. This does not need to happen at the dinner table. This does not need to happen in a group environment. You need to do this one-on-one, face-to-face. Do not do this through text or social media, please. Because context is lost. When you sit down in front of someone and you say, what you did hurt me. Boy, it takes a real savage to respond in an ugly way face to face. And if they do, they really have revealed themselves to you and saved you a lot of time. But in most situations, people just don't realize they're just mimicking what they've seen their whole life and they don't even realize what they're doing. So point number two is voice your objections and love. Because I firmly believe this. I don't, I maybe have known one person in my life in the 43 years I've been here that wakes up looking to hurt people. One out of tens of thousands of people. So what are the odds that the person that hurts you really meant to hurt you? You owe it to go have a one-on-one conversation in love. Number three, seek outside help. That means if you feel like your family's toxic, maybe go have a conversation with a friend. Run it by someone who's outside of the fire of that relationship. Get fresh perspective. Sometimes our perspective is skewed based on someone's history or the way they've done us in the past. Make sure you get wise counsel before you respond. Number four, and I'm closing. How do we respond to toxic family members? We have to let the Lord heal us. We have to let the Lord heal us. There are memories that I have now that do not emote the pain that they used to because I've been healed. And the way you can tell if you're healed or not is how you respond when those memories come up. What happens to you when you start thinking of the hurts of the past? Can I tell you that when you are whole and when you've been healed, your response 
is to pray for and be grateful of God's grace. When you are not whole, it can look like vengeance. It can continue as sorrow. It can take on all sorts of different behaviors in our life. The Lord can heal you of past pain. I mean, that really, that's just his game. I mean, that's what he's the best at. When we come to him and we say, Lord, I've got to be free from this. You see, people's actions of their past that we hold on to are, are like fishing hooks in our spirit. Man, we're hooked to that. And when you operate in spiritual freedom, we allow the Holy Spirit to just cut those lines and we're free to move again. And when we think about those things of the past, we're, no, we're more grateful that God set us free than we are hurt that they happened. So let the Lord heal you. This happens through prayer, scripture, and worship. Restore yourself in the presence of God. Family toxicity is just painful. And my prayer is that you let the Holy One of glory just touch you and bring restoration. Number five, and this is the last thing I've got for you. How do we overcome toxic family issues? We ask the Lord to change our family. We ask the Lord to change. Just this morning, I was talking to two precious people that are in my, uh, my prayer small group. And uh, I'm not going to give any details, but they just asked us to pray for some family things. And they came this morning and they said, God has moved on our behalf. He has restored, has begun this restoration process. Can I tell you, God is able to, to soften the hardest of hearts. And he'll do it for you. He'll do it for your family. But you've got to ask. The Bible says you don't have it because you hadn't asked for it. When's the last time you prayed for those who have hurt you? You see, the secret really is, kind of what the whole concept of this series is about, is that we never really put a face to an offense. I say that a lot because you really can't go through a day anymore without somebody saying something that you can take an offense to. We're in an offendable society. Anything, you say anything. The shirt I'm wearing could cause offense to somebody today. Eagles fans in particular. <laughs> I say this in love and in jest, but it's true. In our society, people are just so tender and they expect offense but the Lord can go before us he can come after us he can do whatever it is we need him to do to make a change in our family so if you're dealing with toxic family today first I want you to be encouraged not all hope is lost maybe God hasn't been invited into the party yet maybe you just need to seek his face and just ask him, say, Lord, heal this person. I do know this. People who are hurt turn around and hurt other people. So if there's someone in your family that's particularly hurtful, chances are they need healing too. So begin to pray for them. In the meantime, protect yourselves. Be wise. Be careful with who you invest your time with. I promise you this. There's enough people in this world that you will find people who do love you and do cherish you. 
and they do not have to have your last name or DNA attached. Spiritual family can be greater than physical family. You believe that today? Stand up on your feet. I want to bless you. I pray that the Lord gives us wisdom. Dealing with family issues, boy, is just tricky. It's just tricky. But we learn. We get better. I love the saying that when we know better, we do better. I want to give each of you permission today. This is not a cult, and that statement's not literal. But I want to free you to make this decision. If there's someone in your family that is continually hurtful and toxic, it's okay to amputate that relationship. Do not constantly put yourself in a position to be hurt. That's not God's will for your life. Can I tell you, protect yourself through the wisdom that God gave you and then pray for those who despitefully use you, amen? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you. First, we thank you for our families. And Lord, although those rascals can be hurtful, we, we know they can also be a blessing. So Lord, here's what I ask. I ask that whatever the enemy has meant for our bad, would you turn it to our good? Whatever you have done uh, in the past for us to give us blessing, Lord, would you do that again? Father, whatever just mess that our families can be in, would you just clean it up? Whatever hurt is there, would you heal it? Whatever damage is there, would you restore it? Father, give us the wisdom to go directly to the person that's brought the pain to us. Have good, godly conversation, heartfelt conversation. Give us understanding on how to proceed. Father, from there, if they don't respond in a way that is edifying, Lord, give us wisdom on how to proceed. I thank you for that. Father, as I close, I just ask like I do every week, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us. And give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even ones that are hidden in family members. Help us. Help us to be wise when dealing with toxicity in family. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Bring us back next week with more of it locked away in our hearts. Draw us more than ever to your word and to prayer. And we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.